This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources, LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It is just a different place. So you must go out and buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a co-word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. This has been a good week in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, who are 19 and 17, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical 15-year-old. The girls love Christmas. As a family, we get to enjoy the magic of Christmas because Marie and Christina still believe. Christmas time is a special season filled with wonder and miracles. However, it is also a time where whatever is missing in our lives is magnified. This can lead to sadness and sometimes even depression. Our fourth child was due December 31st, 2003. At my 16th-week appointment, the doctor could not hear a heartbeat. After a sonogram, it was confirmed that the baby had died. I remember crying at night and saying over and over to the baby, I would have loved you. In one of my discussions with my obstetrician, as he was trying to advise me, he said, The Bible doesn't say that people don't break. How true his words were. I was breaking. It took a very long time to recover from the miscarriage because I was also still grappling emotionally with the news that Maria and Christina had a genetic anomaly and would probably never be normal. I believe that if I had reached out for help sooner, my recovery would have been quicker and less painful. Our guests today are representatives from the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay, Central Florida Behavior Health Network, and Success for Kids and Family. Join us as we discuss the new Healthy Transitions Program for individuals 16 to 25 experiencing mental health challenges. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests today are representatives from Central Florida Behavior Health Network, the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay, and Success for Kids and Family. Welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself to our audience and tell them a little bit about your background. Tanisha, would you like to start? Yes. Good afternoon. I'm Tanisha Freeman Foster with Central Florida Behavioral Health Network. 
Um, we are the managing entity for the Suncoast region. We oversee substance abuse and mental health funds for 14 counties. Um, the Now is the Time Healthy Transitions Program is under President Obama's initiative to try to reduce um, violence within the schools and also try to get youth and young adults in care early. Um, it was um, initiated as a result of the um, Newtown um, Connecticut shootings. And our goal here is to really bring it to Florida and to make it our own to find out innovative, creative approaches for working with these youth and young adults, um, engaging them in care and keeping them in care and also providing them with a fun outlet of support with their peers. Yes. And and you're concentrating on the individuals ages 16 to 25 with mental health issues. Correct. And they, they might be individuals that were previously diagnosed or individuals that may not have been diagnosed but are exhibiting behaviors um, that are of concern to them or their families. Correct. And Mordecai. Good afternoon, Julie. Um, my name is Mordecai Dixon. I am the program manager of the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay's 211 and Suicide Prevention Services. The Crisis Center of Tampa Bay provides a number of services um, to the community, mostly emergent crisis-related yes. issues. Um, what 211 is is a comprehensive information and referral system. Um, we take a look at the community need, mostly telephonically, but folks can access us by chat. They can right. access us by the web. Uh, our goal is to provide a, a service that is 24 hours a day, seven days a week to anyone who individuals, families. Uh, we use a peer model. So this, yes. this project is right in line with what we do and what we believe in. Um, we've been doing this work now for individuals in the Hillsborough community area for the better part of 40 years. Well, I'm excited to have you here. The Crisis Center of Tampa Bay is a partner of the show, and we did a show a while back. Yes. It was a two-part show with Collins, and it was specifically for parents dealing with children with special needs. So it's great to have you here, and you also have with you... My name is Dan Bramel. I'm a care coordinator with Crisis Center of Tampa Bay under 211 and Suicide Prevention Services, and I'm working specifically with the Healthy Transitions Grant. Uh, the idea behind care coordination is that an individual may call 211 when they're in crisis, right. and then we'll work with them to provide crisis stabilization and comprehensive information referral. In my role as a care coordinator, we attempt to make contact later on, usually within about 24 to 48 hours. That crisis may be abated. We may need to continue to help to de-escalate, but the idea is now we can provide some ongoing care, some ongoing information referral. Yes. With healthy transitions, the idea will be that we can further screen this client to see if they may be fitting the criteria of a essentially a connection with success for kids and families, our provider. So you would refer them to John Mayo. Yeah, good afternoon, folks. My name is John Mayo, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor and also the deputy executive director for Success for Kids and Families. And we're an agency. We've been actually around now for a little over 10 years. We provide case management services for families that have children that are experiencing emotional behavioral issues and other issues related to either school or, or community. We also have a Healthy Start program, which is a program that provides support and educational services to women who are pregnant, who are at risk, and up to the first year of their uh, baby's life. Yes, and we did a show with Success for Kids and Family, and you can find it on our podcast on the website for November 1st. Yeah, so, we appreciate very much being, being back yes, here again too, Julie. And the show concerned. really does a good job of explaining all that you offer yes. for people in the audience. And who do you have with you? Afternoon, I'm Taja Kittling. Um, I've been working with Success for Kids and Families for a few years, and for the Healthy Transitions, I'm going to have the opportunity to be the transition specialist. So I get to work directly with all of the youth and young adults coming in to help coordinate their services and make sure that they're healthy, happy living, 
in whatever community that they prefer to be in. Right. So you're meeting them where their needs are. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting, and I really did not realize it. I know, for instance, that DCF has privatized services, but I did not realize that these types of services were privatized. Can you explain how that is working, Tanisha? Yes. Essentially, um, Department of Children and Families at the state level um, contracts with um, seven managing entities. Central Florida Behavioral Health Network is one of the managing entities, and we oversee 14 counties. Um, This funds for substance abuse and mental health services come directly to Central Florida, and we produce RFAs and RFIs for providers to submit um, program. Right. Explain what those are for the audience. Um, the RFA is request for assistance and the RFI is request for information. Okay. And so providers submit those things directly to us. And basically they indicate what type of services they would like to provide, how many individuals they are proposing to serve and in what locations they will be providing those services. Yes. Um, we create internal review committees using individuals from the community and also interagency to um, review those submissions and we fund um, providers in the area to provide anywhere from um, inpatient services, outpatient services, um, treatment, um, crisis center services, um, whatever the person needs, we're able to fund. Um, and our goal is to make sure that regardless of what type of service a person needs, that funds or um, insurance will not be a barrier to that, that they are able to access that service yes. through those funds. Yes. And so your network contracted out to the crisis center of Tampa Bay. Correct. And the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay has, if I remember right, you have about 4,000 resources in the community to connect people with who call you in crisis. And I've had people from the audience call me and they have a situation. And I'll say, you know what? Call 211 because they will be able to help you. And now if someone between the ages of 16 to 25 calls you, Mordecai, you're able, or Dan, you're able to refer them if they fit the criteria to success for kids and family. And what's unique and Please jump in here. If you, but what's unique about success for kids and family is they go out and they go into the home and they meet the individual where they are. Correct, John? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, what they call a community-based approach. And we, we in essence, really practice uh, three sets of, of values, uh, that it's family-driven and, and youth and young adult guided, that it's completely community-based so that we, again, like you had said, meet uh, the youth or young adult where they are. And that can be whether they live with a family or, or not, or even with their, if they're homeless. And one right. of the things we want to do really is, is to start with, with wherever they are. And the third principle that we work on is what's called cultural and linguistic competency. Yes. Which is a, which really besides the fact that we want to be able to, to find people that speak the same language and understand the language that, that our, our consumers have, we also want to be able to find out what their culture is, what their, what their likes, what their discount, their dislikes are, and what the strengths of that culture really provides uh, for us to be able to help them uh, really develop a plan. Because we really feel like culture is, is about the strengths of an individual. All right. And then when we talk about culture, we're not just talking about um, culture based on what country they may be from, but we're also talking about it in terms of maybe their home. Or am I incorrect? There? No, absolutely. It's, it's each individual person really, if you, if you think about it, really each person has a culture of their own. True. My my sister and I grew up together, but she has a very different culture than than I do. She she married a, a guy that's Italian, and they cook a lot of Italian food. <laughs> uh, we we for the most part either cook Irish or or or, or, or Mexican food, and so it, it's we're related, we're very close, but our culture specifically is still different. And we want to be able to make sure we bring that out and discover that same kinds of issues with the families and the youth and young, young adults we serve. Yes, and Tasha, talk about a little bit about the homeless population that you've worked with. 
Um, I've been working with an organization called The Well yes. for about three years now. So particularly we see a lot of homeless guys come in every day, maybe anywhere from 60 to 150. And there's a wide range of mental health issues that they may be suffering with. And right. when you're homeless, you don't have access to a lot of resources or funds to be able to treat those issues that you're you're facing. Um, so when we do see them, we try to meet their physical needs first, food, clothing, showers, right. shelter. And then we'll try to ask them where they want to go. Do they want to develop a community, a family, an education, jobs? Right. Um, so we'll work with them from wherever they walk through our doors into wherever they want to go. So that's great. So you're meeting them where they are and taking them to the next step. And what's you know great about basically being able to hire Taja with this is it's really what we want to do with the families and the youth and the young adults that we're serving through Healthy Transitions. It's really, really the same process. Yes. And did you want to add something to that? I was just going to say I, I agree with John This as is well. Tanisha. This is Tanisha. Um, um, I agree with John as well. And the goal of the program is to involve youth and young adults in the process um, to get their feedback regarding everything from what should we post on Facebook? Should we be on Twitter? Oh, right. MySpace is not cool anymore. Um, whatever <laughs> we need to know um, to help make the program fun, because a lot of times what we see is that um, in groups, mental health groups, a lot of the individuals are older. And for right. youth, it's like being in a group with your parents. So they're not going to be participating as much as they would if they were in a group among their peers. And so the goal is to really meet them where they are. And if that's outside of the office, if it means that we have to have sessions at Put-Put Golf, whatever that means to them right. to try to keep them engaged and care and to make it fun. Right. And this, I guess, is where Mordecai and Dan come in. It is because one of the things that we have um, the experience doing and, and now our refining is being able to take in those calls where that neutral, safe place that people feel comfortable calling now and yes. a significant number of, of young youth and young adults in this age range are currently calling us. Right. Um, they are reaching out and speaking to us about the things that are important to them. We want to take it a step further for the benefit of the project and build in a peer component that allows their, them not to just be talking to Mordecai or to Dan. Um, individuals, as John mentioned, are are different in culture. You know, we're just older. There are things we may not be able to totally relate to. And so we're, we're putting our heads together collectively um, to hire and train up young adults and youth who can do this work the same way their adult counterparts do. Great. So you'll have younger counselors. Yeah. Now, Dan is the age range. Well, you're probably not. You're actually just a little bit above it. A little bit above <laughs> it. A little bit above <laughs> it. Uh, but that is, that, I, I can't put it much better than Mordecai did. Um, the idea is that when someone calls in to when someone calls in on 211, we, when they identify as a youth, as a young adult, we want to be able to offer to have them speak with that peer. And now they're not just talking with an intervention specialist. They're talking with a youth peer intervention specialist, someone that can identify with their specific needs right. or might have perspective to offer as well based on their own experiences. Right. Which would make a big difference to them. Well, I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll continue our conversation about healthy transitions for individuals 16 to 25 with mental health issues. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, 
Here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests today are representatives from Central Florida Behavior Health Network, the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay, and Success for Kids and Families. And we were continuing our conversation. We're talking about Healthy Transitions Program for individuals 16 to 25 who have mental health challenges. Tanisha, could you explain to the um, audience a little bit about the program and how you're setting up a model? Yes, sure, Julie. Um, The Healthy Transitions Program is funded by um, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, um, also known as SAMHSA. And the project was funded as a demonstration project, which is very exciting to us because it allows us to work with a smaller segment of the population and do a lot of innovative things. Um, The goal of the project is to create a model that helps to retain and engage youth and young adults in care. And so uh, by being able to work with the smaller segment of the population, we'll have the opportunity to really work with trial and error and work with them and allow the youth to provide us feedback as well as far as what works for them. Right. The ultimate goal is to duplicate this process throughout the county and ultimately throughout the state. Great. So, Mordecai, did you want to add something? Most of the services that you're seeing here today, they don't normally get to join forces. And so you have a managing entity, uh, a a group that's providing wraparound in the community at the community level in home, as well as a a group like ours at 211 that reach the community daily. And now for them to be able to join forces and, and build something that has sustainability as a model for performance statewide would be, it's just an awesome opportunity. Yes. And tr- explain to them, for instance, explain examples like we were talking about earlier off the air. For instance, um, Tasha, when you're talking about a 16 year old that turns 18 and they all, all of a sudden don't necessarily have their Medicaid or Medicare. Mm-hmm. Or those situations. So typically when I see someone who's around 16, 17, and they're going to 18, they do lose a lot of government funding with Medicaid and able to go to the doctor and get their medication. Um, So there's a pretty big gap there on the services you were receiving and the services that you can receive later. So we're trying to build a bridge in that gap. Um, But what I see particularly is that that gap. I see them falling off of medication or out of stability or outside of homes and like, having a little bit of trouble communicating with others due to the lack of services. Um, so I'm hoping that with this program, we can be a pretty good example of building those services so that that gap doesn't have to exist anymore. Yes. Yeah, and this is uh, John. Really, if, when you talk about our name, Healthy Transitions, that's yes. really what it's about, uh, right. that, that we're here to assist youth and young adults that are going through this transition. Really, as, as far as how services are provided to to really not just as children and, and youth and adults with emotional behavioral disorders, but really the way we divide up children who at, the, at their 18th birthday are now immediately adults. Right. When there's challenges and when people are ex- experiencing a lot of challenges, these kinds of transitions are much more difficult than it would be for somebody that has a good support system, is not necessarily uh, suffering or, 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 cha- or having a challenge with an emotional behavioral disorder. That's hard enough any, anyway as, as far as that's concerned. Right. But with this population in particular... We really want to be able to bridge that gap, really, as, as as Taja was saying, and provide those services and supports so that they can transition into adulthood and become stable. And actually, you know, our goal really is to help them and assist them in becoming productive, good citizens. Right. And this is a very personal thing for you. Would you like to explain that to the audience, to well, give them a real-life example? Yeah. My, my family, uh, 
both of my children, they're, they're adults now, but both of my children really have a, a fair amount of, of issues, uh, either neurological, some learning disabilities, and then also have been diagnosed both with emotional behavior issues. And so when, and they attended special classes at school uh, and, and had a, a rather effective support system and stuff as far as formal providers, right. you know, therapists, those kinds of things, doctors. But when they got to be 18 and 19, what happened with us? And we were fortunate because we, we had insurance. Right. So, and, 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 you know, and this is your field. <laughs> and it's my field. Right. Although one of the things that I learned with that is, is that uh, if you're a dad, you're not a therapist. Right, your it's, dad. It's, yeah, your dad, because the therapist stuff just goes out completely out the window, believe me. Yes. Besides that, they pick up on that, and they don't <laughs> want me to therapize them, as they, they used to say all the time anyway. Uh, but what we noticed with that is that the providers that we had didn't really work with adults. They were Their expertise was with children. Right. And so they found themselves with a, a, a lack of folks during that transition age of being able to really have the expertise to deal with them. And as Tanisha was saying earlier, uh, the, the the adult providers really were providing services to people that were much older. Right. And so that gap between really 16, 17, and 23, 24 was pretty problematic. So, yes, I, I have a personal uh, passion, quite frankly, for this for this initiative. Yes. Now, can you explain, let's say that you're dealing with a 16-year-old that's still in school. Explain that and versus maybe a child that just graduated from school, what you're doing with them. Dan. Yeah, Dan here. Um, the reality is that a 16-year-old that's still in school might be still be connected with some supports. And maybe they're still living with family, uh, be it their their parents, be it other relatives. Right. Um, but the, uh, the other side of that is they still have access to services through Medicaid, uh, things right. that they're going to lose when they turn 18. When they turn 18, now all of a sudden... Our culture, a lot of times, will still say that you need to be on your own. You need to be out there. You, you need to be taking care of yourself. Um, and that's something that we see a lot through 211. Uh, so right. many clients are calling in and really telling us that they don't feel that they have supports. And what's exciting is that our job has always been to help them identify those supports, right. help them identify what in your life is working for you, uh, whether you're 16 or you're 18 or you're 87. Uh, whatever age you're calling in, that's really one of the main things that we're pushing the most exciting thing about collaborating uh, with Success for Kids and Central Florida Behavioral Health is that now it's not just us doing this work. Now we're going to be not just helping our callers and our clients fill those gaps themselves, right. um, but we may be able to help fill the gaps for them by getting connected, helping right. them get connected with these services. Right. Did you want to say something, Mordecai? I, I did. I want to echo what Dan says because so often in this business, we we miss the boat on how to blend our our respective strengths and what right. the process and what the healthy transition project is allowing us to do is take the things that are very unique and that work for the crisis center and blend them with the things that work and are very unique to success for kids yes um so that there's an option that isn't just in your immediate crisis but a long-term option by the time that you're referred to successful kids and families. Um, these are both evidence-based models. Right. So they're not really, this, this isn't something not that we kind of just brought, you know, <laughs> we woke up today and said, well, you'd be really nice to do this. <laughs> let's um, all get together. Yeah, let's get together. And, and we roped Tanisha into, into coercing <laughs> us to give us funding for this. Um, it, it's it's a lot more than that. And the scope of it is significantly wider. And, and the impact for youth and young adults can be incredible as right. a result. So maybe a good example would be, let's say you're a grandmother out there and your um, son or daughter is having challenges in high school. Maybe they would call the crisis center. The crisis center would refer you to John and Tasha, and they would find the supports. So that would be, would that be an IEP or that would just be at school in general? 
Well, as as Mordecai um, mentioned, and all uh, both of these things are what they call evidence based practices, yes. and and which really is a, a is, is a situation where where there's been a lot of research done and a lot of replication done on certain specific practices, and the one that that we we have uh, is called is referred to as wraparound, and so and wraparound is a process where where uh, Taja and 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 the youth or young adult and and if, if their family's involved, the family would get together and find out what's going on. Right. Really determine what their strengths are, what their needs are, and as we were talking previously, to also really do a lot of work in being able to find out what their specific culture is. And, right. And then after that, start building a team. And that team really can be either formal folks like school-related people, and we really want to obviously uh, target people that are going to be on that team that, that are influencing and are part of that of that individual's life. But also, besides the formal people, what we call therapists or, right. or educators, uh, we also want to involve folks that we call natural supports. And those are supports that really are going to be around much, much longer than, than us formal people with letters behind our names. Right. And so that we want to be able to assist the people that we work with in building up who's going to be their natural support, their their family, uh, their friends, their their mentors. And that could be churches, that could be uh, other faith-based organizations. It could be the neighbor. Right. Uh, it could be the bus driver, as, as, as uh, Tanisha was saying before. Yes. And then after that, develop a plan with that team. Okay. Now, if you're a 20-year-old or 21, 22, what's that going to look like? If someone calls you up, I guess you're going to be more focused on jobs and career development. In here, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's always going to be client-driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the needs, it's hard to say that a 20, 21-year-old might have needs that will be different than an 18-year-old because they might be at different levels developmentally. They might have, they might be further ahead or further behind where we might right. traditionally say they... Right. Function. So they might be more mature. Exactly. Or exactly. immature. So, but, you know, we'll, we'll certain, the idea is that we want to be asking the client, really letting them drive the bus, so to speak. Yes. Even if it just comes down to asking a question as simple as, what do you need right now? What do you need going forward? And how do, how can we get there together? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and to, and to, oh, well, and to build on this and all with, yes, with that population that's older, um, one of the things that we would be working on that would maybe be different from that 16, 17 year old would be, all right, you need to get a job. You need to get a job that you're going to keep. Right. You need to get a place to stay. How is that going to be interwoven into the plan that we're developing? Right. Because we want to really, again, meet them, you know, as, as Dan was saying, really on their developmental level. Right. So focus on their independence. Yes. From where yes. they are. Well, I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Join us on the other side as we continue our conversation about healthy transitions programs for individuals 16 to 25 experiencing mental health challenges. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. Our guests today are representatives from Central Florida Behavior Health Network, the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay, and Success for Kids and Families. And I was wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about um, how this 
program works. I know this is one of your first interviews about healthy transitions and a little bit about your organization, how long you've been around and that type of thing. Tanisha, could you start that? Sure. Thank you, Julie. Central Florida Behavioral Health Network has been in existence since um, 1997. And again, our primary function is to provide contracts to local providers for substance abuse and mental health services. Um, Healthy Transitions, we're working with um, Success for Kids and Families and 211 and between all of us, there's no wrong door. And right. we want to make sure that people are able to get the services they're in need of. And we know sometimes in that process, it becomes frustrating because you get transferred from person to person. Um, and so there, people are welcome to call either of us. But for healthy transitions, our process really starts with 211 because they're able to screen and provide um, referrals to services. And we know that everyone may not be in need of healthy transition services. They may not need intensive services at this point, and they may need just a brief referral to somewhere. Right. And so 211 is able to do that. So we would um, the the. Referral process would start with 211. Right. And Mordecai, how would they reach you? As Tanisha mentioned, calling those numbers, because they are a number, they're not a name. They (laughs) often get confused. But if you just dial 211, you're going to get on the other end. And and an intervention specialist is what we call them. That individual is taking information from you. They're going to ask you some very pertinent questions about what's going on in the home. They're going to ask you questions about what your presenting needs are. Um, it can seem a tad intrusive at times, right. but the goal is really to get as much information as we possibly can. So we, as Tanisha said, really are matching up a need with a service. Right. And what people need to, need to realize are thousands of people are calling you. Oh, yes. To the tune of about 99,000 last year. Wow. So 99,000 and Christ Center of Tampa, you've been around for what, 25 years? Oh, way Longer more. than yeah, that. About, yes. about a 40 year career of providing these services. Um, in some form or another, there's an, a, a wider range, array of services that are being provided there, but mostly around victimization and, and what happens when people are finished coming out of that, that tra- traumatic experience. That's not the only door into our services, but that's what we experience more times than not. Right. And your director, Claire Reynolds. Yes, the, our newest Your newest director. director? It, yes, it was part of success. Much to John's chagrin, came from <laughs> success for children and families. <laughs> yes. And how long have you been around, John? Well, uh, and yeah, we still uh, are missing Claire and all like that. I know. Uh, but at the same time, I, what was really an interesting thing is, is I don't think our, our staff skipped a beat with the loss of our executive director uh, and, and the new leadership that we have now, which is, I think, a testament to them. Uh, well, actually, Clara and I co-founded uh, Success for Kids and Families exactly 10 years ago. Wow. In fact, we did that show with you all last yes. month in yes. regards to that. Um, with Healthy Transitions, what uh, what and it's fine for them folks to call uh, us, and we would kind of reroute. We really got to work out some of the issues and stuff with this, but reroute to where we know that if we have a family that ref- was referred to us directly, that Mordecai and Dan would know that so that we wouldn't right. lose families in the process, basically. We really want to make sure that that's a, that's a good process. Uh, but for the most part, we will accept referrals from from uh, 211. And those are the ones that are the most really complex that usually are involved with maybe one or two other types of agencies, maybe having difficulty in school. They may right. actually be experiencing things with either juvenile justice or, or criminality and, and by all means would have had either some experience with uh, with mental health and substance abuse previously or are just now finding themselves experiencing those issues for the first time. But right. for other families uh, that have children 
under 18 that are experiencing issues or, like I said before, are, are if you're pregnant and, and have any risk factors, you can also just really just call our intake number, which is 813-490-5490. Do you want to say that again? 813-490-5490 and, and at, at option two. Okay. And that's uh, 830 to 4.30 each day, Monday through Friday. Great, great. Now, um, I wanted to ask Mordecai and Dan, if there's a situation, like how do you identify that someone's having mental health challenges? I'm going to speak mostly to the the dynamic on the phone. Right. So when on the phone, um, I've talked to individuals who they weren't saying that they were depressed. They were behaving in a depressed manner. Okay. Um, And so exploring, doing some exploration around that issue, speaking about the things that they're defining as feeling low or yes. not feeling connected. Everyone uses their own language. Right. And because diagnoses uh, tend to be labeling for some individuals, they don't really want to come out and say, hey, I'm depressed. I, I've got right. X, Y, or Z. And so it's really important for the intervention specialist to be paying extra attention to some of the things that they're not seeing, ways that they're not identifying. Okay. But it, but it is coming out in the conversation. But people also need to realize how trained the yes. individuals are that are working the phones. Yes, they're spending a lot of time learning um, escalation and de-escalation. Yes, um, we meet people in heightened levels of crisis, um, and so they, when not un, not checked, that inf- information can lead to potentially dangerous behaviors and individual willing to kill themselves over, over their, their right. crisis situation and things of that nature. So we're trained in how to intervene in those situations, um, how to speak to individuals in a way to gather information, to help them do planning for safety. Um, you'll hear us often say that we promote safety for now, which yes. is really doing daily safety planning as well as the extension through Dan's program, which provides that support after the crisis is over, when the storm passes, then what, what do I do? Yes. Um, so, so often people don't have a clue about what to hap- what to do the next day. They, they know what they were going through that day when they were in pain, but they don't know what to do the next day. Right. Dan's team calls them back. He, he is responsive then to make sure that, okay. that a connection is made. When the crisis center was on, they had a great example. And of course we never no one ever deals with names or actual um, details. But here was a great example. It was a veteran who was suicidal, and he called the crisis center, and they said, okay, you're suicidal. They helped him help guide him in getting a job, talked to him about, well, why don't, why don't you get rid of your gun? And he did. He gave his gun away, and so he was able to check back in, touch base, and just go along the way until he was at a better place. And, and that's what you do. And, and that's what you hope to continue to do. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. We'll continue our conversation about mental health in a few minutes. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. 
I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests today are representatives from Central Florida Behavior Health Network, the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay, and Success for Kids and Family. Now, what I don't think the audience understands is that all of you, we've been talking about helping people, but all of you would not be doing what you're doing if you hadn't experienced success with what you do with your lives. And I was wondering, can you share examples with our audience? Sure. All right. Sure, I'll start. I think one of my biggest successes or one of the things that keeps me pursuing this field is being able to help people realize the strength and the power they have within themselves. I look at everyone as eagles, and some people are able to soar and fly high, but some people just need to know that they have wings, but everyone is capable of soaring um, and helping them realize it. And sometimes it's at 25, sometimes it's at 50 that they realize, wow, I do have this strength. I can do these things and just helping them to realize it. And I think it's not about, I think when people think about mental health and about entering services, it's like, oh, these people are going to tell me what to do and they're going to tell me how I need to do it. And it's exact. It's actually the opposite. It's how can we help you and what do we need to do to provide you with the support to be the best person you can be. Um, And just watching that light bulb go off, watching people achieve their dreams, watching them go back to school, watching them get their apart first apartment for the first time in their life. And they're 50 years old. And those type of things where they're able to really enjoy their life and look back and say, Hey, I was successful in something that, that really draws my heartstrings. Yes. How about you? I I was just going to say, um, it's incredibly powerful for me. I've been with two and one for four years and, you know, you get into this field uh, thinking that we're going to be giving people answers and and fixing people's problems. And a lot of people use the term saving people, but I like to use the term helping people save themselves. Right. Um, it's incredibly powerful. Of course, in a 20, a 30, an hour phone call, we're not going to get the entire picture. We're not going to see that start and finish. Right. Um, but sometimes I'm still brought to tears when I have a client that at the start of a call um, might be on the verge of taking their own life, but by the end is grateful to just have had someone that listened instead of told them something. Right. Have someone that took their perspective and their ideas into account and it's just powerful for me to know that, you know, we play a role in that. Anyone can, um, right. you know, I think it's up to anyone to know that there might be a time when we need to be there. Yes. And to have done that for four years has been incredibly powerful. That's awesome. How about you, John? Well, you know, I talked a little bit before about, about uh, you know, my, my children, my families, but I was a therapist before they were born. Right. And uh, quite frankly, the reason really why I got into this was really my sister and my mother. Yes. Uh, who uh, really just really dedicated their lives to helping people have hope. And, yes. and I feel like with healthy transitions and well with the other families that we serve too, that really uh, if, if we can help them spark hope within themselves and uh, then that, that's that first base. And then after that, we can assist them with being able to, to figure out a way to be able to, to, to have a good path of life with the support of, of folks that are formal and, and natural supports. Right, right. Now, Tasha, did you have personal examples of people that you've helped that you wanted to discuss? Um, I didn't have a personal example, but I do have a reason why I'm still in this field. Yes. Um, So I live a fairly unique lifestyle in in a community house. So there's five women and a foster kid, and we've learned to, like, 
build our own community so we can assist each other, whether that's food needs or financial needs or just emotional support. Yes. And so I couldn't have possibly sustained any sort of lifestyle at this young age on my own without this support system. So knowing that I get to go home to this beautiful support system, I just want to encourage others to find their own support system, their own communities that they can build or possibly live with or work with um, to also fuel them to keep going with whatever dream that they have. Yes. So it's it's a choice, too. You're choosing your friends. You're choosing your support system. So you're taking a proactive role in your life. So how about you, Mordecai? Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> uh, so much to so so many big shoes to fill after that. Um, but the the reason that I've done this, I, I was socialized into this. I was taught that you, your responsibility to others far exceeds your responsibility to yourself in some cases. Right. Um, that we all make impact on each other, and and I, I got that very quickly in my home. What what I didn't get from the outside world was reinforcement of that. So I was that kid in school that, you know, people had difficulty with and didn't know what to do with. And, and I didn't always get, you can, what I got conversely was you can't, and you probably won't. Um, and that, that does mess with your efficacy. It messes with your esteem. And and so coming into a human service career, my only goal with anybody that I've met, um, employees, service recipients, and everybody in between is you can. Um, and through it, hopefully we, we create a series of graduations for people. Everyone loves graduations, yes. like the feeling of the graduation, but yes. w- you know, for some experiences, you have to create a series of graduations so that individuals feel like they can. Um, and that's what I've de- devoted my energies to professionally. I like to build them. So right. to build a model that makes sense and, and helps people feel like they can is what makes me the, the happiest. Um, and it builds legacy long after we're gone. It should it should right, survive. Right. Well, I've got to say this to the audience. Mordecai, I would have pictured you being the number one guy in your class. <laughs> Far from. <laughs> He's here in a suit. He's Far very from. well mannered. He's- <laughs> No, no. My my nursery school teacher and I went round and round. (laughs) I wasn't that kid. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's great. And of course, I do what I do. I'm not in the mental health field, but I just, I've always, since I was young, just always looked at people's situations and tried to figure out how they overcame them, never realizing the things I would have to overcome. But no one ever realizes what they will have to overcome in life. That's just the way life is and but i is i want to thank all of you for being here today but can you give the audience how to contact you all your information well as far as the crisis center you can always access the 211 number again that's that's uh, for services and crisis situations visit us at our website also www.crisiscenter all one word lowercase.com again that's www.crisiscenter.com and uh, Tanisha Freeman Foster again with Central Florida Behavioral Health Network. Um, to reach our organization, you can contact us at 813 740 4811. That's 813 740 4811. And my extension is 270. Um, and we are also on Facebook and we have a website which is www.cfbhn.com 
dot O-R-G. And uh, although we are the, the contract manager for this program, again, there's no wrong door. So if you contact me, I will make sure that um, you're referred to services and referred to 211 or success for kids and families. Yes. And John. Yeah. Our uh, website is www.successforkidsandfamilies.org. And that is the number four. So it's www.success4kidsandfamilies.org. And our intake number is 813-490-5490, extension 2. That's 813-490-5490, extension 2. And we're also on Facebook. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour, only on AM 860. The answer.